This podcast is brought to you by ESET, the global leaders in cybersecurity. ESET business solutions range from endpoint and mobile security to encryption, two-factor authentication, and advanced threat detection. And they've just introduced their new endpoint security management platform called ESET Protect. The ESET Protect business security bundles take security to a whole new level. For small businesses and MSPs, I recommend ESET Protect Advanced to cover all your security bases. ESET Protect Advanced includes endpoint protection, cloud sandboxing for advanced threat detection, and prevention, full disk encryption, file server security, and cloud-based console. Right now, you can save 20% with this limited time offer. So you're not only getting best-in-class cloud-managed protection against advanced attacks, you're enjoying a significant discount. Not yet convinced? Don't worry. You can also get a free trial and an interactive demo at business.eset.com radio. Get 20% off ESET's new business cybersecurity bundle, ESET Protect Advanced, at business.eset.com radio. You are now listening to The Awakened Soul. Welcome to another edition of The Awakened Soul. I am CEO Hayes, the host of this wonderful program. And I want to welcome each and every one of you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, even though boys and girls should not be listening to this podcast, but if by some chance you found your way here to The Awakened Soul, you're welcome nonetheless. Um, I, I, I want to just, I want to know what you guys thought about the relationship questions episode. That was one that was long brewing. I, I've been promising you guys almost um, since well, like our second episode that I would get to those questions. You guys have kept submitting them and kept submitting them. And I just want to thank you guys. I mean, that's turning into our most downloaded episode yet in only a couple of days. So obviously, guys, really anticipating that. I'm happy to have each and every one of you um, send in those questions. Everyone who did uh, let me know what you think about it. It's going to be something that we keep on doing. Maybe not every week. Maybe it'll turn into biweekly, but more times than not, you guys will get that show um, because you know, I keep getting questions and I definitely want to answer them. And it's good to have a man and woman's perspective on things like that. But moving on from that, Let's get ready for this show. Um, we got the cast of School and Life podcast, which is Ashley, Nish, and Karen, who are all amazing, amazing, amazing black women. Uh, we have a segment where we talk a little bit about the Jamel Hill situation, talk about you know common misconceptions of dating in 2017, and we get into just some some life stuff. I mean, I had a great time recording with these ladies. I, I can't drill that point home enough. Um, Definitely check out their podcast. You'll hear the plugs at the end of that segment. We also have Fame Black, Ralph, and Johnny from Oversaturated, the podcast. And then we also have um, Mike from the We Leave You This podcast. So we all came together right after the, well, not right after, but a little while after the uh, Eminem Cypher dropped at the BET Award. So we discussed that. And then we also have, um, you know, Off the Root with Hayes this week. So uh, fairly short in comparison to how long this podcast has gotten sometimes which i'm working on to get that tightened up for you guys um but let's go ahead let's get into our intro music and then on the other side of that we're gonna go off the rip with ceo hayes The 
So for those of you who follow my Twitter, uh, know that I went back to St. Louis this weekend. I actually think I, I announced it on the podcast last weekend. I went back to St. Louis. Um, I got to spend some time actually face to face with the cast of Oversaturated the podcast. That's Ralph and Johnny, and we had. I, I think we were at the bar for like three hours and just talking about podcasting life stuff we've been through um possibly going to new orleans in april um and you know it's good to fellowship but more importantly like it's honestly good to be around a group i guess calling two people a group really isn't you you know what i mean but being around other like-minded men who you know have their eyes set on actually making change and wanting to do something uh, in this podcasting game and just the creative minds like that was like our first, you know, quote unquote business meeting, I guess, I guess so to say. But those guys are, are on to some big things. They're going to be a huge podcast. I love their podcast. Their podcast is quickly becoming one of my not, let me not say it. it's not becoming. It is one of my favorite podcasts. And that's that's no hyperbole. That's not just because I know them. Um, because I listened before I knew them, before we got a chance to actually mix it up face to face and started coming on my show. Like, I love those guys shows. So definitely, if you listen to me, check them out. And, uh, you know, kind of segue from that is that, you know, I was asked a lot, like, why didn't you do in your TV section? Why didn't you talk about the season finale insecure? And honestly, I had planned on it. I listened to Oversaturated, the podcast. They did a great episode, both of them sitting down, uh, Johnny with his wife and Ralph with his girlfriend. And, you know, we're going to cross-pollinate. I can't always keep certain content off my podcast because they do it too. Um, but with that specifically, I felt like they did such a great job at at that that it was like, I'm, I'm not even, I don't need to. I'm just going to direct anybody to go listen to their podcast. So definitely check them out. For anything they have a great show i love the way they put it together um so yeah maybe maybe you guys will hear me on that at some point but you definitely hear them on this show this week uh but to come back to the off the rip section i have something <laughs> and this this may this is going to be a lot more comical than what uh, i usually talk about in off the rip and that is I, while i'm back in st louis i just you know how you, like you leave somewhere for a little while and then you start noticing Little things about the city that you move from that now bother you because you've been away from it for a while. That's how, like, I, and any of my St. Louis listeners, I hope I don't bother you guys. I mean, fuck it. If I do, I'm sorry. Um, like, so I'm, I'm in St. Louis and a lot of people, and this may be outside of St. Louis too, but this is the, like I, I lived in Germany and Italy before St. Louis. So St. Louis is the only place I've heard this done at. Haven't heard it since I've moved to Columbus yet. So if it happens outside of St. Louis, this applies to you too. But a sink is not pronounced zinc. Like, look, can we just please, can we, can we get that together? Can we please stop calling a sink, a zinc, zinc? Is something is an element on the periodic table. It's not what's in your kitchen. It's not what's in your bathroom. There's no such thing as a zinc in that sense. Like it. Oh, it bothers me so much to hear somebody pronounce sink as zinc. That's not how you pronounce the damn thing. And like I said, it's only it's something I hear in St. Louis. And on top of that, another thing that bothers me about St. Louis and this happens other places than St. Louis too, but specifically, like I said, my former reference is St. Louis because I lived in Europe. But 
Can you say back up? It's not bag up. It's back up. There is a C and a K at the end of that word and not a G. It, that's n- like, how the, how the hell do you bag up? Like if, you, if somebody's standing next or you're in your car, you don't, you're not bagging up the car. You're backing up the car. And I hate to sit here and stand on my high horse and I'm not trying to do that, but it's not bag up. It's, it's not like it's, oh my God. Oh my God. It bothers me so much. And I know it's something that gets under my skin that probably honestly shouldn't, but come on people, let's do better. Let's do better. It's not bag up. It's not zinc. It's sink and it's back. Back. B A C to the goddamn K. Back up. <sighs> Nonetheless, as as I digress. <laughs> um you know, it's a lot of things that I'm planning with this podcast thing. And as I build new relationships, uh, oversaturated the podcast, they're, they're like my brothers at this point. Um, so they'll, they'll, we'll see a lot of cross pollination between those guys. You, you know about Andrew Bello, you know about JB. Um, but I'm steady building more and more relationships. And, you know, it, it's amazing, like all the, um, Love that you'll see between the Awakened Soul, School and Life, who's on here, Oversaturated, the podcast, um, We Bring You This, 700, The Block, uh, The Pod Brothers podcast. Like, there's a lot of podcasts, and we all kind of interact on different topics and stuff on Twitter, and it's an amazing thing. Like, it, I, all the Twitter hate and Twitter beefs that you hear and see and read about, um, and that, you know, I, I don't really participate in, but my experience in growing this podcast and like I said building those relationships has been nothing but positive and I just want to shout out all those guys because you know and we talked about it in the segment with school and life is that it's always you get that it's hard for our people to help support each other and we're not really running into any of that and I'm just definitely thankful for that and I wanted to shout that out and give some time to that um and the last thing that we want to talk about here on on off the rip is that I am preparing for what is going to be the biggest episode of this podcast yet the deepest the most heartfelt um the the one that honestly you know as much stuff as we've talked about here that has left things and conversations to be had and and, and stuff just like i said conversation it generates thought and conversation um we're, we're preparing for our episode on mental health in the black community how it's different than our white brethren how it's uh how we differ um and i have a licensed psychologist her name is early ward who's coming on to discuss that with me and it's literally the whole podcast is going to be about that so if you have any questions that you'd like um me to submit to her when we do this podcast definitely send them in let me know it's uh the awakened soul pod at gmail.com or you can get at get to me at ceo hayes at gmail.com um but yeah, it's 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 an episode that as much and this this podcast gets really deep sometimes. We get very funny sometimes. Like this podcast, you're gonna crack up at a lot of things. But um this is one of the ones that I've been wanting to do for a while and it's gonna be deep, it's gonna be serious. Um and hopefully, you know, anyone who's out there who uh has been hesitant to reach out and seek any assistance or even maybe they 
aren't really are afraid to be diagnosed with any type of mental health issues or depression, this is going to be the podcast for you. And hopefully it opens that door for a lot of people. Um, so that that's going to be a big episode coming two episodes from now. So uh, get those questions to me if you guys have anything that you'd like to hear discussed on that podcast. But um, it's it's we're now going off. We're going away from the rip. I guess the segment's name off the rip. So I can't say we're going off the rip again, but uh, we're getting ready to transition into conversation with the gentleman from oversaturated the podcast as well as fame back from in beta as well as mike from we leave you this um all different podcasts we came together to discuss this eminem cypher that just set the the world ablaze so we're gonna get into our transition music and on the other side of the music you'll get that discussion niggas fighting over rings niggas won't be the game but long little cheap for a little old thing little boys bang bang Long little cheek, niggas fighting over rain, niggas won't be the game, but long little cheek, yeah, watch pretty mama while I slay my cane, long little cheek, uh, cockroaches in the ratchet, uh, hand me downs with the patches, mama put a little money in the mattress, taught me how to make a silver spoon out of plastic, you can either sink, swim or be the captain, the last word, I'ma get the last laughing. Now they say you're better, why you're dressing so classy? I don't want my best dressed day in a casket. You can either leave, follow, or get out the way. Make so, fellas, I don't know what to call this. I, I feel like this is like the day that a bomb dropped because. I, so, I'm sitting here minding my own business. I don't watch award shows pretty much. My Twitter goes the hell off. I go into Twitter, I proceed to open up this video, and I watch this Eminem freestyle, and all I could do is respond to you guys and, and ask you when the hell we're recording. Johnny, I'm, I'm coming to you first on this one, man. Where were you when this bomb dropped today? So, I was actually at dinner with my wife. So, we, we had dinner tonight, because um, she was helping, well, she was teaching, she was painting with some children. So, I was like, let's just go to dinner so she didn't have to cook. So when I came home, you know, I sat down, took my cl- my work clothes off, and I was scrolling through Twitter. And just like you, I saw like, oh Eminem, oh my God, Eminem. So I'm like, okay, let me go check the BET app because I need to see this uh, cipher. And um, it wasn't on there at first, but when I refreshed, it was there. So I watched it, and I'm like, uh, I don't know what everybody else saw, but this is kind of trash. <laughs> oh. Hot takes. Oh. Hot takes. Like, oh. it's, Hashtag Johnny hates everything. <laughs> hey, real talk. Like if if this was a if that was a real battle and Donald Trump was standing in front of him, like, you know, he was he was, you know, telling him his dislike for him, but as a rapper, it wasn't that it wasn't that good. Like it would have been better if if Eminem sat down with somebody in an interview and said all those things. But as, as a verse, as a rap verse, wasn't it wasn't that good? He had like two two nice bars in the whole in the whole four minutes or however long it was. Yeah, the asylum line was probably my favorite line. If you if you just breaking it down like bar to bar, I think it was more about what the message and it, and all that meant. But Mike, what what were your thoughts on it? Yo, it's definitely about the message, right? I can understand how you may think about. If it has something to do with your bars, I know that you are big into, you know, the uh, what what was it? What is it? The the rap battles, the, all that good stuff. 
But the thing is, is that you have to realize the context of it, right? Is that this is a white man in a black space that is speaking pro-black stuff. True. Speaking it and speaking it in a form that black people are able to relate to, understanding that it is the black dollar or the 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 the, the black experience that made him famous to begin with. And so it's yes, yes, you could say that the bars aren't the best. I've heard him speak better bars. Right. But when you talk about the what what he's the, the context of, of, of and the topic of what he's speaking of, you know, you may not be able to come up with the best bars about it and talk about also the short time in which he was able to come up with it, right? And so you have to take that all into consideration before you be like, yo, I let me judge his bars real quick. Nah, he's he's done a lot better with short time before. So allegedly. And Say allegedly. No, that's fame. He he always podcasts from South Central. And like somebody <laughs> just got somebody was just trying to give him a drive by. That's all that was. He is. He's he is. He's sitting on the porch. He is he is officially the porch Negro. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, so I I think I I understand where everyone's coming from with this fame. I'm I'm gonna get to you in a second. I think like the, it's definitely a lot to be said about the passion, the fact that I've watched Eminem freestyles for the majority of my adult life, and I'd never seen him have to completely stop for a second like he did in this one. I I honestly think I don't even know if he was worried about rapping necessarily. I think he he stopped and realized. That it was about the message and about what he was going to get across and the emotion there. Fame, your thoughts? Yeah, it was never about the bars. It was a white man rapping on BET about how much he hates the white president and started with how much he loved the black president that we just had. Yeah. It. I mean, it was. It's about time that you had some really famous person rip him to shreds like that. It's overdue, but it's not like, I mean, did you think Eminem supported Trump before? Did you think that was the case? Like, this isn't new information. I just think that is interesting that he chose the BET Awards to do so. That means he really cares about being heard. And I love the fact that he says, if you're a fan of mine and you support Trump, I'm telling you right now, pick a side. And if you don't know, you're not my fan anymore. I don't want you as a fan. I think that's a bold statement. Yeah, that was yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. That that was pretty cool. But I mean, do we really know how many white people actually watch that tonight? But it's not about that. It's about how it's going to proliferate through the internet, exactly. right? Yeah. And, and and so because it's it's not it's not because Eminem it's not because Eminem has the best bars that he has become the best selling hip hop artist. Mm-hmm. It is because he's white and white. White people around our age bought into him and bought his album, mm-hmm. and so that's the important thing. And so those people are still going to be checking for him, you know. Those same people that are checking for, you know, Kill Kim, all the other stuff have been following him for following him for years. In the same way that 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 I have, CJ has, and you, Johnny has. I can't right. speak about. 
And so that that's that's just what it is. Like they're gonna hear that and be like, I'm not saying that it's gonna change any hearts, right? Mm-hmm. It may not. It takes time to change hearts, but it's the fact that someone knows what actually made them a star. Because it was the fact that he was white that made him a star. Right. And because white people were able to 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 invest that money into him. The fact that he was able to speak against that audience. Yeah. I still I, listen, I, I understand, I get it, the whole message thing, him being white on a black platform. I get all that. I do. I truly do. But at the same I'm I guess I'm still trying to if it's Eminem rapping, I still want to hear the bar. I get the message, but there is definitely a way he could have incorporated the bars in the message. And well, I mean, you got to think about it. He wants this to be heard by everybody. Thank you know you. what I'm saying? Not not just people who like rap. So it needs to be clear. You can't have a bunch of cool metaphors and hot bars and trick words and wordplay and be trying agree. to get a message across. I don't agree. I don't agree. I, I, I do. It, it, I do agree. Could have been. Oh, go go ahead, Mike. No, no, you you good. No, well, I'm saying it could have been at least like half the verse. Half the verse could have been bars, and then the other half he could have went into his whole, you know, Trump, you doing this, but fuck you and fuck my fans and all that kind of stuff. I mean, Colin back instead so, of so, Neeson, so but keeping it simple. Right. So, yeah, exactly, and and you got to understand what hip hop is at the moment, right? He, the people that are watching the BET Awards, we probably the only OGs that are actually that that are actually watching the hip-hop awards so you actually have to think about those who are listening to what is considered rap and hip-hop at the moment they're not not catching the the, the punchlines aren't the same as that they used to be people out here don't even understand jeezy punchlines and so (laughs) and, and, and so you have to put it in a way that the consumer is able to consume right and so one could understand one one could say that it's even better because he thought it through in the same way that, you know, getting a little bit off topic, I thought that Cardi's performance was dope because usually when a new artist comes on, they go and perform their unedited version and then the shit has to be bleeped out. Cardi performed her edited version and now it can be played on every on on every screen in every ears. Parents can't say they're gonna say something, but they can't say as much because it it, it it isn't it isn't as free, and so you have to take that into consideration. It was thought out, in my opinion. Hmm. I didn't I didn't see her performance. I got to go back and check it out. I don't have cable, so I, I watched everything on the app. Yeah, cut that cord. I, be, um, I believe in Cardi B, so whatever. If she did it right, she did it right. I believe it. If she did it wrong, I, she, did, she could. It still be right. I believe in Cardi B. <laughs> hey, I believe I believe in Cardi B too. I believe in Cardi B. Shout out to my nigga Ralph. I told him she was coming. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, to get back to, to bring this back to Eminem, I think that uh, what's bigger here, and Johnny, you said that you you wanted bars, and I'm looking for more bars too. But we know Eminem. Like, let, let's go back. This isn't this isn't going to be the only time. Hey, look at the two people involved in this. We got Donald Trump who can't stay off Twitter to save his life as the president of the United States. And we finally got a celebrity, a white celebrity in Eminem who has nothing better to do than to eviscerate Donald Trump every second he gets on every platform that Eminem has. Like if if Donald Trump does choose to respond to Eminem, which he probably will because he he responds to everybody. This isn't the first. This is this is not even round one. This is like halfway through 
the 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 announcements of of the of them coming or making their entrance to the ring. This is not over by any means necessary. Eminem has right, an album this, coming this out soon. Up. Yeah, Eminem has an album coming out soon. On top of that, so it's it's this is just the beginning. I have I have some breaking news. Um, I have heard from President Trump about how he feels about the verse. Uh, if anybody cares, uh, sure. I mean, let me. <laughs> I'm ready. The way the Eminem dissed me, I'm <laughs> right now. He made a huge mistake. I'm the best president. I am also a great lyricist. I'm a great rapper. I'm going to make a album. I'm going to diss him bigly. Eminem, Eminem's rating. He's going to come in and win just like he did when Whoa. he stepped into the, the WWE ring. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to whoop Eminem like I whooped Vince McMahon. You can count it. You can go back. It's not fake news. It's going to be huge. My album is coming out. I'm going to do a cipher on the BET Awards. Or millions of billions. Whoa. <laughs> that was exclusive as hell. Who else is going to give you I coverage mean, like this? I mean, we the, just had Donald Trump. Come. showed up on the Awakened Soul. That's a big deal. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> mad exclusive. Mad, mad. And Any that, that cipher just dropped today. Like, you got live feedback. That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what type of analysis goes down here on the awakening. So, uh, it, but any other thoughts as we get ready to wrap up? Any other thoughts on what may come with this? The the cipher itself, or overall, like the BT Awards, Johnny. So, so here here's my thought. This Mike don't have Mike. Whatever. Let from we leave you this. Let me let me say this right. What we have been looking for when it comes to like players kneeling or you know, the black experience or the minority experience is that we have been looking for white allies, right? Specifically those white allies that have existed in uh, minority dominated spaces. You know, we have wanted people like in Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers to speak up in the NFL and to be on our side, right? Even though the, even though the NFL is dominated and the majority is African-American, you know, we've wanted those who engage our peers or their peers to some degree to participate and say, yo, I'm, I stand with you. I am for you. And the fact that someone who has did that in not only a, a African-American dominated space, but a space created by African-Americans, right, to, to, to come in and say, I, am, I was an outsider to, come, to, to begin with. I brought in a lot of people to hip hop, but at the end of the day, it's not about the people that I brought in. It's about what's right. It's about what's truth. And so for him to do what we wanted of, you know, because the thing of the day is the NFL, what we want the Tom Brady's to do, the, the, the Aaron Rodgers to do, the Ben Roethlisberger's to do, you have to think about the message. You have to think about the messenger and to, and in, in my opinion, no, in my opinion, no offense to Johnny, because that's my boy. I've known him. I've known him for years. To you have to think about, you know, that over bars, right? Right? Because we all know, as M, as M fans, you know, you know, we we have a high, high expectation for bars, but sometimes the the message is, is more important. Yeah. 
Johnny like, says he wants bars. Like if it's not yeah. bars, it's... I mean, I was trying to figure out a way to say that. <laughs> with you know, like so, Johnny. This is Johnny from Oversaturated the podcast. Um, I agree one hundred percent with Mike. I still need the bars though. You are, and I, and, and, but I don't disagree with you either. Not necessarily. <laughs> like I would have loved more bars. Yeah, but... like the now I, I completely understand what you guys were saying about the message. Um, and I'm not going to lie. The first time I watched it. Uh, I did like I did overlook the message because I was waiting on the bars like I'm sitting here listening to every word like waiting on that punchline you know but you know talking to you guys now it's like okay I, I, I truly do understand you know this is a white person in a black space speaking out against so, someone that has been basically running down the country ever since he got elected so I, I agree but I still need. I, I still. But need you want to know what's funny though? What? Donald Trump is the punchline. Like forty-five <laughs> is the punchline, and that's the thing. He is the punchline. Every punchline, every bar. <laughs> but I got you. I got you. I just wanted to. I just wanted to get that hot take off that law. Oh yeah, I feel you. But yeah, that's those are my thoughts. Fame. Um, I mean, I think there's nothing really more to be said. Like, we know what it is. We know that Eminem can rap. If I if I want to hear bars, if I want to hear him rip somebody apart uh, lyrically, I'm going to just listen to the Mariah Carey diss. <laughs> that, and, and if I want to do, do that, that's what I'll do. But this, if I'm feeling political, like, I think I'm going to blast this in the streets tomorrow. I'm going to be in a very uh, white section of New York City. I think I should just put this on blast and uh, and see how people react. And it's nothing for them to be like, well, I don't understand that hookie dookie rap shit anyway. No, they understand exactly what's being said because it's Eminem who's saying it. And he's saying it in a way that everyone can understand whether you listen to hip hop or not. So I'm going to go ahead and blast it and see what happens. I if might you, die. But. If, if you can tweet out a video of you standing in front of Trump to- Tower playing this, I, oh, oh, I, I, am, I am in New York tomorrow. So it, it's definitely possible. That's what's up. Yeah, I need, be... I need I need a video too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not, I'm not with them. Don't die. <laughs> <I'm cool. laughs> yeah, I, out of out of all the disses he chose, he chose the Mar- Mariah Carey diss. I thought it, that was funny. Bro, out of all the disses, I was expecting something Green Lantern, but you know, hey. Yeah, but it's all good. It's all good. I'm 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 sorry, but the the listen, girly, surely you don't want me to talk about how I nutted early because I ejaculated prematurely. That's 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 that's. Ooh. He dissed the hell out of her by talking about him coming fast. Like that's that's gold to me. You can't beat that. Nah, the fact that you were able to actually just spit that right now, that was hard. That, that was, was hard. That, that was, was hard. <laughs> as, as much as I love him, I could I couldn't have came off that off the rip. Me. I man. <laughs> All right, fellas. I mean, we came together for an emergency episode. I think this one was needed. The people are looking for this. Um yeah, yeah, and we leave you list land. We call it a Black Twitter emergency. BTE <laughs> hashtag BTE. That's what we. <laughs> so everyone, I mean, we're. I just realized this. We're all from other podcasts. So go ahead, uh, Mike. You first, since you're since you're the newcomer, at least oh, yeah, in, in my guy. circle. So go ahead and uh, plug your podcast. Tell the people where they can find you. All right, I probably won't be invited again because I don't know when to stop talking, but. Uh, I am, I am Mike. Uh, I am from We Leave You This, the podcast with me and my wife. We talk about lessons that we want to pass down to our kids, and we talk about real life stuff as it happens. So we talk about all the f stuff because I have to keep it censored at this moment. 
uh, that happens in our lives and turn it into lessons. So you can follow me on Twitter at don't hat Mike uh, and our and our podcast that we leave you this on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and all that good stuff. By the way, shout out to uh, and uh, correct me if I get this nickname wrong, but you you call your child Fat Face, right? Yes, my fat I love face. that nickname. I love that nickname. <laughs> the first time I heard you guys say that, I'm like, because we uh, we called my daughter uh, when she was little Fats. Uh, so <laughs> that yeah, I like that nickname. But Johnny, go ahead, tell the people where they can find you. All right, so this is Johnny. I'm one half of Oversaturated the podcast. Shout out, shout out to my co-host Ralph. Um, he's the mind the mind of Ralph on Twitter. I'm J O N two underscores B on Twitter, and you can um, talk to us on our podcast social media: Facebook Oversaturated the podcast, Instagram Oversat the podcast, Twitter. Oversat Podcast and our email is oversatpodcast at gmail.com and make sure you check out our website oversatthepod.com God damn like you just you plug the hell out of it you got it I all got in it. Hey, man, listen, all I, of it. I, I, I didn't forgot the website like you didn't just reminded me alright then Mr. <laughs> Professional that's because you'd have been on you'd have been a guest on here already and then <laughs> Ralph had a chance to rehearse it before like but it's alright I already let my thoughts off on Twitter so I'm not even gonna <laughs> Fame Fame Black the co-host of In Beta Episode 5 coming soon. Every fourth episode is a freak episode. But I am originally the Snapchat extraordinaire. That means I am Fame Black, F-A-M-E-B-L-A-C-K on Twitter, Instagram, and of course, Snapchat. Join what 75,000 people already know. Fame Black on a daily is the shit, baby. Talk that shit, You said 75,000? 75,000. Oh, I think you got a new guest. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I need, yeah. You got the link of it. <laughs> and I am CEO Hayes. You can follow me at CEO H A I Z E, the host of the Awakened Soul Podcast. You can email me any feedback, comments, questions, concerns at the Awakened Soul Pod at gmail.com. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you guys for joining me and hopping on this, you know, ad hoc all of a sudden. Uh let's go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Get that fame. About that. All right, we out. Yep. Yep. Black excellence. All right. That that doesn't that just make you feel good to have that many intelligent, well spoken black men together all at once. Even though we were discussing, you know, a, a cipher and, and a rap, but like that that there was a lot of amazingness just concentrated in that segment right there. Um, we were missing Ralph. Uh, I know earlier I said that. Uh, he was here too. He was not actually. Um, I kind of forgot about that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Add Ralph on top of that. That's that's just a, a black excellent segment right there. It's it's an amazing, amazing just camaraderie we all have. And you know those guys didn't know fame. They didn't even know fame was going to be in that segment. That just kind of happened. Um, and you saw how fame fit right into that. And you know it's. Man, I just I love this podcasting. I love what's coming of it. I, I just I just love it. I love what's happening. It's a movement that's starting here. You guys don't realize it yet. A couple years from now, when uh, Oversaturated is is hosting live shows in in clubs or or whatever else, written out venues to have uh, their live shows and bring everyone together. Like just just think of where this all started from. Podcasting. None of us before we started podcasting knew each other beforehand. 
it's it's amazing things can happen in this digital age and people you know a lot of people use it for the wrong reasons it's nice to see a group of a young fairly young because i'm 30 i'm kind of old uh black men getting together and being able to just knock shit out and and make stuff amazing um enough waxing poetic about that uh we're getting ready to get into our segment uh which is it's 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 a dual segment it's kind of it's a dating segment on that and, and relationships and, you know, into the psyche of a man and woman. But it's kind of also our stay woke segment for this week. Um, when we crack open the Jamel Hill situation and dig a little deeper into that. Um, like I said, Ashley, Nish, Karen, check out their podcast. It's called School in Life. Um, they're amazing. And you're going to hear it on this segment as we go ahead and get into our transition music. But that on the other side of that is going to be me and the wonderful ladies from School in Life. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners of the Awakened Soul, we got a special segment planned today. One that I've we, we planned this a couple of weeks ago, but I have the cast of the School in Life podcast. Uh, definitely check that out. We'll talk about that towards the end of the segment. Um, but I'm going to give, go ahead and introduce each one of, of the lovely cast members we have here. And first, Ashley, how are you doing? I'm good. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having us. Karen. Hello. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. I'm like, like I said, I'm blessed. And Nish, how you doing, Nish? I'm doing awesome. Hello. <laughs> so we're we're pretty laid back here. Uh, we're gonna kick around a couple of topics. The first thing that I want to ask you guys about, especially as Black women, um, the whole Jamel Hill situation. We had a couple of weeks ago. Uh, she made a comment out about Donald Trump or 45. I know you guys don't like calling him by his name. Uh, don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> and then she made another comment on kneeling and ESPN decided to suspend her. I, I truly in my heart feel like this suspension came down more so because of the previous comments about 45. Um, but that's just my beliefs. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, Jamil has. Um, put on for women, black women and women in professional sports for a long time. Like she's not new to this, you know what I'm saying? She's been in that space for a really long time. She's been vocal for a really long time. You know, even before she was on ESPN in her uh, previous shows on podcasts that she's done, she's always been like this. She's always been vocal and adamant about protecting um, and supporting black people and being an advocate in this space. And so I don't really understand why ESPN brought her on and then thought she was going to change who she was as a person and as a commentator. You know, this whole conversation about the fact that, like, sports shouldn't really be a part of um, politics and politics shouldn't be a part of sports just isn't true. It's not real. And I think Jamil, like, represents that. She speaks up for women and girls and Black people, and she uses her platform in a way that's really empowering. And to see ESPN try to continuously slap her on the wrist, you know, is really trash to me and um, an example of uh, systemic racism. Instead of us attacking the problem that is 45 or the problem that is police brutality or the problem that is, you know, GMs that want to sanction professional football players or any sports player for, you know, expressing their 
rights as Americans, we attack individuals like Jamel Hill, somebody who is an advocate in this space. And I personally think it's trash. Yeah, I agree with Ashley. I mean, they're pretty much trying to silence her and make her voice smaller than what it should be. And all too often, Black women get this. You know, our white counterparts and white males get to say whatever they want to say. But when a Black person or a person of color speaks up, they are silenced. And there was the first incident. I'm sure they talked to her about, you know, hey, this is not going to happen again. And she's like, you're not going to silence me. You're not going to take away my voice. You're not going to take away my platform because you can take me off of ESPN, but I still have all my social media accounts. People will want to interview me because of this. And she will probably walk away from this with a bigger platform than that small seat on ESPN. Um, And it's unfortunate that her voice can't be heard or isn't welcomed is pretty much, you know, the message I got. That voice, that opinion, that point of view is not welcomed here on this network from this black woman. I find that unfortunate, but she's going to be so much better off. This is a blessing in disguise, but it is very, very, uh, you know, obvious how ESPN feels about black women and voicing their opinions. Yeah, that was my thought exactly too, um, Karen, you know, I think it's going to have an adverse effect, you know, that they thought it was going to shut her down and, uh, and, and, you know, silence her. But I think it's going to give her more followers. I think it's going to give her more of a voice, a greater voice to tell, uh, to have a platform in regards to, um, you know, not only all of the, the protests and being a black woman and, and speaking out on what, um, all of what is happening right now. It's outrageous out here. Um, but I do think that it's going to honestly light her fire. I feel like this is not going to be the way to silence her. It really sucks that this is happening to her, but I don't think that this is in at all. Yeah, I think the only thing that I would add to sort of the points that we've already made is that, and I say this on our podcast all the time, shout out to School and Life. I really want people to pay their rent though. Like paying your rent and paying your mortgage is a primary component <laughs> of living well. And what I fear, you know, what, what I fear about Jamel and other people who are outspoken like her is that this puts her in jeopardy, in jeopardy for not being able to like take care of herself. And I, I agree with both you and Karen um, Nish that like, yeah, like she probably will benefit from other producers of media, producers of sports that might pick her up or want to talk to her and want to interview her. But we know that Hollywood is powerful. And if she gets ostracized because of this, if she takes on this mantle for us and then people don't want to work with her, that's jeopardizing her ability to pay her rent, which is so important in our ability to be well. And I do, I worry about that. I worry about the sacrifices particularly that black women make time and time again. I mean, she's standing up in support of, you know, a issue that, you know, predominantly is being supported by black men. Um, and she's continuously taking the fall for that. You know, I'm, she t- shouted out her husband today on Twitter for like supporting her and like being there for her. And I'm so glad to know that she has that level of support, but it does make me wonder like, how do black women always end up in this space, right? Where we're always taking the fall. Girl, ESPN is doing to Jamel what the NFL did to Colin Kaepernick, pretty much. Now you see how big his platform is. He continues to give. I don't know how much money he made when he was in the NFL, but it doesn't matter. He continues to give. He, you know, uses his voice wisely, as he always has. And he has not been stopped. His mission 
you know, the things that he says, the, you know, the promises he makes to these charities, he's held up every single end of his deal and the community has lifted him up and surrounded him with love and support. I think she'll find the same thing, but yes, she will always be known now as Jamel Hill, formerly of ESPN, because she made those comments because people don't let black people away with anything. You know, if you talk about Kobe Bryant, guaranteed they will always mention that rape charge. You know, if they talk about Michael Jordan somewhere in that, you know, narrative, there's going to be his gambling problem or whatever. They never let us, you know, just start over. And I think the important thing to mention here with Jamel Hill is, A, she's amazing at her job. Let's 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 yeah. state that there. She's an amazing sportcaster. But by Donald Trump acknowledging her, by ESPN suspending her, what they've done is they've created a rallying point, not just for black women, but black people in general. They've, they've allowed her now to kind of be the public face of speaking up and hopefully she uses that platform i have no doubts that she will because she's a very opinionated and intelligent person in general but um donald trump may have have just created a monster that he may not even see right now um mm-hmm. because the, like she can go now if espn fires her she can go and speak on social injustices and any african-american platform or otherwise is going to welcome her with open arms Right. Y'all are way more positive about this than I am. I don't know what y'all talking about. That's not true. We know that we do not support our own media, our own things as much as we support other white folks stuff. Like we know that we don't do that, right? Like we know that like we don't support BET like we support MTV. Like who is tweeting? Hold right? up, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, but- literally like except for like um what was that mini docu series that they did recently um not like i want to say the five heartbeats but that's not it what was the um the the docu series that they recently did new edition was it new edition yeah new edition yeah. that was the most tweeted about event that BT had done in the last 10 years like y'all don't support me. like come on now we know that if she and a whole bunch of other black sportscasters went out and started their own in ESPN we would marginally support it and not put on for it. And I, and I get why not. Like, I get it. Like they don't have the same budgets. They don't have the same platform. They can't attract the same people. Like I get why, but I think we're, we can't not acknowledge the fact that her being suspended for two weeks is a dent in her income is a dent in her social capital in her field. And yeah, like she might get some shine for it, but I'm really concerned about her ability to continue to do her work. And I, you know, we talk all the time about this sort of, you know, it's a distraction. It's a distraction. It's not a distraction. It's her ability to, like, do her job. Like, she's a sportscaster. She's passionate about sports. She is knowledgeable. Uh, like you said, Hayes, like, she knows what she's talking about, and she can't even talk about that because she's literally trying to put on for her people. Yeah, and I, I think I agree with you, Ashley, but aren't you the same person who's watching Seventh Heaven and not Good Times right now? So, I'm not a- watching it in syndication. I'm watching it on Hulu. That that Bill Vincent. <laughs> I think it's a little different than than to compare it to if they were to start their own ESPN. I mean, now the climate, the the racial climate that's brewing and the fact that more I, I would like to think more young black people than ever are starting to stay aware of of social things that are going on. So, yes, while her sports casting money may go away, while that business for her may forever be affected, she can have a whole new platform and people are being more aware of, of Donald Trump for Every all the bad that he's doing, 
He's kind of pulling a lot of African-Americans together in a way that we quite only pull together when it's stuff like this going on. And she can really use that to bring a lot of people together. That That's more so what I meant by that. Yeah, I think far too often. I mean, we always see black women, especially in sports, always being silenced, brought down. I remember um, two, maybe three seasons ago when Pam Oliver was like on every single station. It seemed like she was flying to every single city to talk about every single, you know, uh, football event. People were talking about her hair. Now that yeah. wig did look bad, though. Can we just a brief moment? The wig, the, she looked like a I mean, that's not the point, but the point is the wig was bad. But, you know, we did the same thing to, uh, was it Simone Biles when she won uh, the Olympics? People were talking about her edges. What about this great accomplishment? Like, we are so quick as a people to tear each other down. If you are not picture perfect at all times, it doesn't matter how great you are at your profession, they tear you down. I have not seen that happen with Jamil yet. I hope that does not happen. But my thing is, is that as a community, we have a tendency to break each other down before we build each other up. And so I hope that we really do uplift this woman and not just her, any other woman who is in your office that you see, you know, at the grocery store or wherever. It doesn't have to be on TV that if you see her struggling, you see her being done wrong or being silenced, that you reach out to her and support her. And maybe it's not you putting your job on the line because, hey, I got a mortgage, a car note, a light bill, a gas bill, a cell phone bill, all that. But just reaching out to her, how can I, you know, how can I help you? You know, do you need me to make a phone call for you? Do you need to use me as a reference? Or, you know, let's just go get coffee. Let's get you out of the house. Do you need me to help you with your resume? I know a girl who can do this for you or whatever. Really being that support network for one another and not just being so silent because now is the time for us to rise up and, and act and be there for each other, be that support system that we claim to be. Absolutely. I, I have, you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree too, Karen, <laughs> but I, I'm not convinced that it's going to happen tomorrow. I think like CJ said, this is the time where we're going to pull together. We're going to pull together in this moment because we're being, we're trying to be shut up. We're, we're trying to be shut down in some ways. <laughs> Tell us to stand up in all of these different cases, all of this, uh, this mandate to be, um, to be silenced about what's, so drastically wrong in America. Um, but I think that we'll band together in this moment. I think that we will pull together as we always do, but I don't know that tomorrow um, as a community, we're going to start supporting each other like we need to. And I think that that really sucks. It really sucks that it's not going to be a light switch where things get better for us across the board. Uh, and it takes these moments for us to be um, suppressed and really feel like we've got to like band together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, stuff like, like this and us talking about it on podcasts and it being all in the public eyes, what it is, it does cause us to pull together because we need to. I mean, for for sure, we got Trump for another three years, if not longer than that. Mm. And, you know, this is. Yeah, we're going to band together. No. No, but but absolutely, we we do need to all pull together um, and and support one another. And that's how we're going to get through however long this keeps going on. And hopefully it's something that uh, can continue on even past that. I I have my concerns on if it will or not, because like we we all said, we have a habit of pulling together when we all full attack and then we'll go right back to attacking each other when it's all over and we feel like everything's back to, to normal. And that's. That's not a thing that needs to happen. We need to keep unity as best that we can. Yeah, I agree. I also think that we need to see things through to solution and law. Like, so, you know, whether it's, you know, 
police brutality and the police murdering or assassinating one of our, you know, black people. That protest and that movement will last for so long and then something else happens and then we kind of shift focus without really <clears throat> tying the bow and really sealing the deal, calling the politicians to action, getting laws made on the gun laws or on police brutality before we move on to the next thing because we're constantly dealing with so many things and our energy isn't focused because the way that we're being treated is kind of all across the board. So we're kind of everywhere with it. And so our support is everywhere, but we need the laws, not only the laws, because laws sometimes are even there. We need the judges to uphold the law, which they're not doing, especially when you see all these police officers getting off scot-free, you know, sometimes with pay, with their pension, with their benefits and everything for, for killing black people. So I think that, we need to figure out a way to be focused and see these issues through. Yeah, I think that there is sustained momentum in the movement, though, and I think that that's what I'm encouraged by. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I've seen us. I mean, history is long and it's short. Like, our lifespans seem like, oh, we need to hurry up. Like, we need to get to this. But you know, if we look at the progression that we've made over the last forty, sixty, a hundred years, it is significant and. What I'm excited about is that the the revolution is has momentum. I think we are continuing to make strides, um, and I agree with you, Karen. Like it's it can't just be legal avenues. It has to be, uh, you know, team building avenues amongst ourselves. We have to, you know, we have to dismantle the system and you know infiltrate the system. You know, I think yeah. that there are different strategies. I think I believe in like buying black. And being a CEO at a white company, you know, like I believe in both of them. And I think that mm-hmm. it's a multifaceted, multi-strategy platform that's going to get us to liberation. And I'm, I don't know, I for one, I'm excited about the movement. I'm, I'm frustrated in moments like this where I'm just like, man, like this, 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 I'm thinking like micro and macro, right? Like this one black woman is being affected because the literal president of y'all's United States is calling her out like she like a private citizen. But I'm also really encouraged by the community that I see around her. Other sportscasters who are like, no, I'm not going to take her spot. Y'all can let ESPN spot. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, like y'all can y'all can y'all can lose that revenue. No one is going on her show. And yeah. we dare you to re- replace her with two white commentators, com- you know, commentators and see what happens. So I am I'm encouraged by the momentum of the movement. I think that we are headed in the right direction. Absolutely. All right. So I feel like, of course, we got into something really heavy and, and it, I, I love the conversation that we had. But I did invite you guys on. Talk about a specific topic. Um, I almost feel like this is kind of a like I'd almost rather spend more time talking about what we've been talking about because there's a lot of lot of lot to unpack there. But dating in 2017, I, I, I just by everybody's expression, I wish I, I wish this was like a YouTube. You guys could all see this, but uh, <laughs> Nish, I'm gonna come to you first on this one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna present the question to you first. So, dating in 2017, what's hardest about it? And also, what's some of the common misconceptions that you yourself have? And then you've also, the, the men that have pursued you, you've seen them have. Uh, I, I feel like there's a laziness about dating. There is no intent for a woman. It's like, find find me on social media. And that's how we will spark up a, an interest or a conversation on, on in some ways. You can meet someone organically. And the next step is that they want to connect with you on Instagram or something. I'm like, can you not ask me out? Can you not pick up the phone? Can we not talk? 
I may not even want to sit down with you over a table. I may not want to share any pictures with you. I don't know the first thing about you. And I think that there's too much access to people without physically being in front of a person or, you know, physically talking to a person. There's way too much access to an individual, an individual persona at that because you don't know who you're even getting um, because I feel like that's such a big piece of dating now. Um, but but my first thought is, I'm sorry, folks out here, these, these guys are lazy. They don't want to go after the woman. They don't want to, hey, can, uh, you want to take my number? I don't want to take your what? I could, but no, you you don't want to take my number down. You don't want to follow up. You, you're not interested enough to call me or like take the first step to get to know me. So it gets really frustrating when, um, you know, the first steps aren't even being made to say, yo, I'm interested. I want to do point A so we can get to point B. Um, and, and it's just not happening like that. And, and our generation, sure, we grew up where our, our parents did court, you know, that's the old school term, but they courted each other. So I'm one foot in the door where I see it. I see what it's supposed to look like. Um, and then I'm one foot on the, on the other side of the road where it's just not happening. It's a whole new age, uh, of dating. So, and, and I'm one of those people, I, I love my brothers, but I, I'll date across, across the rainbow coalition. Like if, if, you know, if you go after you and you go after me, you're ready to like talk to me and be about it, then awesome. But be about it is my, my take on it. And so, is I mean, that for other races higher though than for black men. Say that again. Is your standard for other races either higher or different than it is for black men? Like for a black man, you could be like a six and be real good. But if you why, you better be a 10. Like, you you need to come with all of it. You need to hit all the boxes, cause yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see what you mean? Yeah, a little, little bit, a little bit. I know that's I know that's bogus and unfair, but shoot. I mean that, that's understandable though. Um, but the question that I was going to get into, so for for I guess the younger crowd, has social media replaced dating? Is that is that where we're going now? Is that Karen, I'm presenting you with the question. Is social media the new dating in 2017? Unfortunately, it is. Instead of talking on the phone with that person for, you know, two to three hours a night, smiling, not wanting to hang up, you are in each other's DMs, just messaging back and forth. And it's not even real content. It's who is this in this picture? Oh, you were cute. Oh, send me a picture. You know, it's very quick transactional information. It's not relationship building. And it's not, hey, let's meet out. Let's make eye contact. Let's see if we feed off of each other's energy. Let's see if I can afford to buy you a $4 cup of coffee. Let me see if you have soap in your bathroom. Let me see if you have bounty for, for you know, toilet paper. Let me see these things in your mother's basement, you know, where you ain't got Wi-Fi because you stealing from the neighbor, you know, which I'm not going to knock, but you know, you're hiding behind this computer and you're creating this persona and i don't even know if your page is real yeah i have no idea we don't have that connection so i do feel as though this whole idea of i don't even know if this is really you is this real you know it creates this persona of you know you can date somebody and fully like actually have emotions and feelings that belong to somebody whose life is fake and I do think it's replaced actual dating. It's unfortunate, but, you know, there there is no more opening up the car door and making the first call. It's sliding into the DM and saying something witty and charming and, you know, whatnot. So I got to say, though, Karen has range in her dating world. Uh, she has 
everything from the brothers with no soap in the bathroom to the models in the Maseratis. So yeah, I've come up, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh yeah. man, Ashley, your thoughts? Oh. Yeah, so I don't know what they're talking about. They will. I don't know what they're talking about. I like, I like online. Right. I like the that social engagement. I don't know. Um, words of affirmation is my love language. DM me. Be in my DMs. I want to check your Twitter. Are you lame? Are you tweeting about lame stuff? Are you like? A loser? Are you not getting retweets? You don't got no followers? Like, I want to know about that. Like, I want to know your online persona. I want you to be good at, like, taking a good Instagram photo. You got the lighting and the composition together. Like, I appreciate that. It don't got to be designer. You know what I'm saying? You don't got to have no photographer or nothing. But if you can't take a good picture of your pancakes at brunch, I don't really want to date you. I'm just trying to figure out, like, y'all sound lame. Like, no, your social presence is important. And honestly, yeah, I want to go out with you. I want to spend time with you. You know, I like, you know, let's hold each other. Let's cuddle. Like, that's all dope and stuff. But I'm a really busy person. I don't have time. I don't have a lot of time to be spending with you all the time. Like, you're going to have to text me a funny meme in the morning because I don't have time to talk. I got an 830 meeting. Like, I don't really, you know what I'm saying? So this is fine for me. Like, I mean, I just live in a place where I literally can't find anyone to date. There is no one within 120 miles that I would be interested in spending any of my time with, which is a problem, which is a big reason why I'm single, I think. But um, I don't have a problem with dating in 2017, at least as it relates to like social media. I don't I don't mind you texting me, tweeting me, sliding in my DMs. I wish married men would stop sliding in my DMs. Um, yeah. But anyway, other than that, like I don't have a problem with it. I'm I'm team you texting me, you know, use your words. Um, I would prefer you not text me abbreviations all day, but a text is fine. I'm not bothered by that. I think. There is a misconception that there's a huge gap between what men want and what women want. And I don't think that the gap is, I think there is a gap, but it's not as big and it's not as real as people think. Like men want someone who they can love and respect and women want someone who they can love and respect. And I don't think the gap is as far as we think it is. I think it's perception. It's like men think we want a baller uh, with a you know seven inch redacted and women think that you know men want you know an Instagram model like and they don't mind stretch marks like I, I think that like the, it's the perception of what we want more than it is what we actually want that keeps us further away than we should be I can understand that uh, Karen piggybacking off that what are your thoughts on that is, is, is the gap what do you see the gap gap as being I think the gap is people don't want to be emotionally available. And I think, yes, we all, we all want love and respect. That's, you know, I think it doesn't matter what, you know, what type of relationship you're in polyamorous or, you know, gay boss, you know, all that stuff. You want love and respect and people just don't want to open up. They don't want to be that vulnerable, but that's where that emotion comes from. That true love that you get that, you know what, I'm here for you. I'll be your ride. I'm not going to die for you, but you know, I'll hold your hand while you die, you know, type of love. And it's like, you don't find that faking the funk. You don't find that hiding yourself and hiding your feelings and not being true to who you are and trying to be somebody who people think that you are online but you know going home to an air mattress and ironing board you know it's you know it's 
difficult, you, you know, when people create these public personas and can't live up to it. And so they have to fake the funk and fake it and, and whatnot. But I think it all lies in being emotionally available, being vulnerable. People do not want to be vulnerable these days. People are so afraid of being hurt at a certain age. Yes, you've gone through a certain amount of breakups and no one wants to be heartbroken. You know, it sucks for everybody. But you, I feel like that is the biggest gap that we have. And in dating, you either meet people who are ready to be emotionally available, and then you have people who are not. And that's where the big divide is. Nish? I think there's, yeah, I think yeah. there's always some trouble with inviting other people into your relationships on so many different levels. The more you mm-hmm. talk about what's oh so great that you share with the world. <laughs> Again, sometimes on social media, you're sharing everything. You put your whole relationship on blast. And then when it's not so great, you put it on blast and you are involving all of these extra, like, all these extra souls, all these extra people in your relationship when you started it with one other person. And mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that's sometimes a, a huge piece of the demise. Even family, family is always involved in in in, um, in people's relationships, you know. And that I think is part of it too. It's like you got to step out on that limb. To your point, Karen, be vulnerable, but then also stand for what it is that you you know that you want in your relationship, or stand for that person. Like ride for them through and through, and don't put so much of your business out there for other people to mm-hmm. feel like they have a vote on what's going on with 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 your um significant other absolutely absolutely um i mean we i think we just nailed it is anything else uh any thoughts that are floating out there anything uh i do have one question before we do go uh i'm gonna present this to each and every one of you what's the one time that you had maybe a first impression if it's ever happened about someone someone who pursued you a date or whatever and that proved to be incorrect that's never happened to me. Never? I, right. <laughs> about <laughs> I was literally just talking about this with somebody the other day. So um, there's this dude uh, who I'd known for like a, a long time, not a long time, maybe six months or something. He like randomly decided that he wanted to like, like he liked me, that he wanted to pursue me. So he's like, yeah, I like you. I want to let you know. I want to take you out. Like I, I knew pretty early on that. I wasn't interested. He was just a friend. You know, he was the homie. It was no no problem. I just sort of wasn't attracted to him. But it wasn't a big deal until he asked me out. But and I already knew, like I already knew, like, you know, I'm not really feeling him. Like I don't really I'm not really attracted to him like that. But he, you know, I, I didn't wanna be judgy, right? Like I didn't wanna like go with my first mind. I wanted to like give him a chance. So like we went out a couple times. And after a couple of times, my suspicions were confirmed. I wasn't really attracted and I let him know. I was talking to him recently about it and he was like, oh, you know, you're a tease. What? Yeah, you're a tease. Like you do this to dudes all the time. You like you always like, like, you know, like leading dudes on. You take them, you know, let them take you out a couple of times and you drop them. And I'm like, but I... But I told you that we were friends when we started. I, I, I'm not saying I was like, quote, unquote, do you a favor. Because like this was really my homie. But like I wasn't trying to be a tease. I knew initially that I wasn't really attracted. But I, I was also trying to like prove myself wrong and not be judgy. So no, that's never happened. In general, I'm right. I, I meet somebody. I'm like, oh, I want to marry you. 
or oh, like I'm not really interested. <laughs> It's, it's a very complicated uh, scenario, but all I'm saying is that, yeah, no, I'm not usually wrong. Like, I meet somebody, I vibe with them, I know what I want, I'm very clear on that. It either is or it isn't, and usually, like, it's my, it's my first mind. Fair yeah. enough, fair enough. <laughs> I, I commend you for that, like, going, stepping out on that limb, and you, you tried it, you tried I it. I did, and it was so awkward because I knew like the whole time and I didn't want that persona right like I didn't want to be like a gold digger or I didn't want to like lead him on and I knew he liked me like I knew it and I you know and I was like kind of trying to play it off with it. and I was also like awkwardly trying to test the waters a little bit I was like well Ashley like don't like you know you're single like don't like leave this stuff on the table like go ahead and date him let him take you out you know spend some time with him see how we go you know see how see how it go but then i saw how it went and i was like oh this is why i wasn't supposed to do this <laughs> sometimes you gotta trust your gut um but Absolutely. i'm probably the opposite of that like i i'm like heisman all day until you wore you worn me down and i'm like okay oh, okay i guess i guess we can try this let's try this and i've had some I've had some really long relationships start from people that I could not stand in the beginning. I'm like, God, he talked too much. Shut up. Please come up for air. Like, I just don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be in your space right now. I'm sorry. I think I got to go grab some coffee or move away from you somehow. But I have, I've had some really, really long. I've got like a 10, 12 year, like on and off. We are friends. We've dated. We're, we're really cool now type relationships that have developed from people that I initially did not like. And then, um, you know, a couple, two, three-year relationships that have developed from, like, never even looking at them as a romantic uh, connection, <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're in a, a long-term relationship. Um, I have gotten better now, I think, with dating, too, though, to really trust my gut. Um, the older I get and I'm dating, and I'm still single, I look at those red flags, so I don't want to waste my time, either. Um, I sent, my sister sent me this uh, this meme and I like die laughing. She's like, dating in your thirties is like, are we doing this or not? Like, I got shit to do. <laughs> and that's exactly how I feel. I'm like, yeah, look, um, are we moving forward? Like, what is this? You know what? I'm just gonna have to uh, keep my dance card lining up cause you, you're not moving in the direction that I need to. Um, but that's part of me still playing a little bit of Heisman. Like you gotta show me you're interested. Um, we, we say be intentional. Everybody's like, ugh, cringe, guys cringe when we say that. Like, but be intentional. Like, shit, do you want to spend time or not? Do you, are you interested or not? And so, um, so yeah, I have been in position to say no, I don't like them, and then turn out that uh, they've worn me down enough to really like them and really want them in my space for a few years. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. What about you, Karen? I think that I've been wrong a couple times, and sometimes I've been right. Um, but it took a little bit to get there. So, like, you know, I am friends with, you know, anybody who just about I've ever dated or talked to or what have you, just because despite how mean some people think I am, I collect people. Like, people are just always in my life. Like, I love it. So, like, my first ex that um, I've known since I was 19, you know, me and him are still cool. You know, we've been broken up over 15 years. But, you know... He's still that same person that I met. You know, I was 19 and he was 21. And we still laugh and joke. And I was actually just texting with him last week about our first horse and carriage ride. 
Um, but that's, you know, it's a real convoluted um, type of relationship. But, you know, I feel like he's still that same person that, you know, that's kind of like if you could be with your best friend, that's who you would be with. But so much has happened that I know better. And I know that we're better as just friends. So that's never a threat to anybody. Because it's like, dude, I know you. Who are you fooling? Right. <laughs> Try this all you want, but you are not fooling CTV. That's not happening today. But then um, I've been really wrong. Like in my last relationship that you guys hear me talk about quite frequently that ended very horribly and uh, was not very fulfilling at all. But for a good year, he had me convinced that he was this good guy. He had his stuff together. He wanted, you know, marriage and all this, that, and the third. But he was like a good, solid guy. And as he started to unravel, you know, I'm in a situation like, what is going on? <laughs> and I was completely wrong about him. But it's not like he kind of hid this from me for like a week or two or a month or two. He, We were good for, I would say, the first like 10 and a half, 11 months, so almost a year before things really started to go wrong. And I'm just like, was I always wrong about him? And I think I was, but I also think it was because that's who he presented to me. And after a while, he just could not keep it up. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've been wrong, but I've also been right just about people in general, like my old ex. You know, I know he's a good person at heart, but I still know that, you know, romantically, that's just never going to happen. And sometimes you're kind of in it, you know, like you're in this fog because, you know, yeah. like in the in the literal sense, when you're in fog, you can see it right in front of you. But as you're approaching, you know, you ain't going to be able to see what you get in it. <laughs> if right. you had, if hindsight is 2020. Um, and so sometimes you're just kind of in in the mess. You don't even realize um, who they are in front of you. So that's part of it, too. That's interesting because you know what? In hindsight, I probably would go back and date my current ex, but I would end it way sooner. sooner. Like way sooner when I first felt that thought of, hmm, that's not right. That doesn't seem normal. I would end it right then because we had some really good moments up until then, but that's when I would have left. Hey, it's all about growth. I mean, it's never a failure unless you don't learn from it. So, so true. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So we 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 got into a couple of topics. We got deep down, and I want to thank you guys for joining me. But before you leave, we have to talk about school and life, what it means, uh, the podcast itself, and how you guys got started. So, whoever wants to go first, how did school and life? How did that idea first come about? Um, I guess I'll start. So. School and Life Pod is a weekly podcast about life lessons, love, and occasionally libations. Uh, you can find us wherever you can download podcasts for the most part. And um, we are a brand new podcast. We're just like 15 or 16 episodes in. And I think the conversation started because I am a big podcast fan, uh, both Karen and I actually, and she and I would occasionally talk about podcasts, like whenever we would get together, or we travel a lot together. So we would, you know, have all of our little podcasts downloaded for our travels. And I just, one of the things that I know is true about my relationships, particularly with my girlfriends, is that I have really amazing friends. I have really smart friends. I have friends that are thoughtful and that we have amazing conversations. And I approached Karen um, and Nish about the podcast, just thinking like, hey, like I want to extend the conversations that I have with you all with other people. And they were like, Let's do it. So uh, we spent some time doing some like early formation stuff, like doing some test episodes, like, you know, begging our family <laughs> to listen and give us some feedback. 
And, um, you know, I did a little research about how to start a podcast and like, you know, what platforms we should use for hosting and how to record. Um, Obviously, the three of us live in three different places in the United States. So coordinating our schedules and a recording schedule can be really difficult. Uh, But um, I think so far it's been really good. And I think it's a it's a passion project. For all of us, um, it's something. It's an opportunity for us to like share our thoughts with a larger audience. But it is super grassroots. Like we do all of the work ourselves. We do all of our own social. We do all of our own editing, hosting. We um, do all of our own promotions. It's but it's a lot of fun. Absolutely, absolutely, Karen. Yeah. So you know, anytime Ashley approaches me with anything, the answer is pretty much always yes. <laughs> And so she approached me with this and I I really thought about it like one I love podcasts I would love to enter into this space I feel like our voices are you know needed in everyone's life all, at all times um but it gives me a chance to connect with my friends on issues that maybe we wouldn't generally talk about especially to the length that we talk about them so I just thought of it as a conversation with my girlfriends and you know I met Nish I want to say in Greece but Ashley sent over evidence that I really actually met her in St. Louis one year I'm like oh man I knew Nish like a whole like five or six years before yeah. <laughs> I met her um but you know being here with Ashley is just like a dream she's one of my closest friends and travel buddies and you know Nish just sealed the deal because it brings me one step cl- closer to her ass which is fabulous so just, the closer I get to it you know <laughs> And Nish is the perfect podcast, like, co-host because she's a Libra. So she literally balances us out. Like, I'm sometimes, like, super serious and, like, very structured. Karen is, like, a fucking loose cannon, and she's mean. And Nish is, like, a Libra. So she's, like, (laughs) the perfect balance. We could not do this without her. Yeah, I appreciate that. It all it yeah, all worked out. I'm, I'm green. I'm like I'm I'm not the podcaster. I'm like I'm I'm literally having conversations with my friends, which is what I love. Um, I get to come in and like Nisha, don't don't do it like that. And I'm like oh my my bad. Let me let me pull back, work on this. But it's so fun to uh, to be able to come together and really talk about things that are so true to our lives. Like you know we get to talk about being black women uh, in the workplace or in dating or. Uh, church, you know, these kind of things that we are so tied to in our in our everyday lives. So it's it's truly um, the heart and soul of who we are as individuals and how we come together as uh, as school and life. So I come up as comic relief, but I think it's because, you know, we're all really good friends. We're thoughtful, um, thoughtful about life, thoughtful about each other as friends. And uh, and I just I come up with all things fun, fashion and random. <laughs> <laughs> Well, awesome. I, I definitely enjoy it. I think uh, us, well, my podcast, The Awakened Soul, you guys and Oversaturated, the podcast, all started around the same time. And uh, yeah, Shout out to Johnny and Ralph. Oh, yeah, definitely shout out. I was actually in St. Louis with them this past weekend. We went out for drinks. Oh, so, uh, oh you were? And didn't nobody invite us? Did nobody, <laughs> nobody invite us? Petty. <laughs> but yeah so um i mean yeah it's 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 some synergy there and i like how we all interact on twitter and i was like i gotta get everyone on um ralph and johnny 
Like when we met up in St. Louis, you would think that we knew each other for years. Like I'm not even that talkative of a person. I think we were at the bar for like three and a half hours, just chopping it up and talking. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I love listening to your guys' podcast. I love the chemistry between the three of you guys. You guys keep doing it. There's a, there's a lot of people who are going to learn a lot, honestly, from your podcast. That's just not because I have you guys on here that I'm saying that. This is my honest thoughts on listening to you guys. There's a lot of young women, men, or whatever that can learn a lot from school and life. And I want to thank you guys for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It's been so much fun talking with you and interacting with you. I definitely had a good time. So thank you so much. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for having thank us. Thank you. so much fun. And the next time you're in St. Louis, let the crew know. Absolutely. I didn't even so you guys are in St. Louis? We got the St. Louis roots. Oh, But we're all like a flight or a few hours. Right. It's nothing nothing to hop on a flight. We need to meet up. We need to be there. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we go, tell the people, plug your social media where they can find you and all that good stuff. Yes. So School and Life Pod, it's at School and Life. That's S-C-H-O-O-L-I-N, Life Pod. That's our tag on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can listen to School and Life anywhere where you can download podcasts on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podcast Attic, on Google Play. D.C., we will be in the D.C. metro area this Sunday for Kitchenista Sunday. So come out, see us. I'll have some swag out there. I'll have some promo stuff. So I'm really looking forward to seeing anybody that's in the D.C. metro area. If you're going to that event, be sure to come by the vendor's table. Definitely can't wait to see you. And um, if you listen to The Awakened Soul and you hear this episode and then listen to School and Life, let us know. Like Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, Hayes and I are always tweeting each other about different um, um, things and um, there's always some great synergy there so let us know we cannot wait to hear from you absolutely well ladies thank you again I, I can't yeah. thank you enough and we'll, we'll definitely do it again yeah sounds good all right good night thanks bye bye <laughs> what a great segment uh, i had a lot of fun with that one i know you guys are probably asking yourself why the bell sound at the end of that segment check out their podcast that was more of a kind of inside thing for when they listen back um but check out their podcast you understand that ladies gentlemen that's it this this has been the awakened soul this week hopefully you guys enjoyed it had a lot of fun recording this episode as always um i like to close the show you know i like to talk to you guys before we close the show and i'm gonna leave you on this message it made me think, you know, hearing the ladies talk about things that they've been through with dating and everything. I just want to, and this isn't just black men, all men. Let's get back to treating our women like queens. Instead of assets, let's treat our women like the queens that they are and that, they, that we should hold them in. If you don't look at your significant other or lady or respective whatever as, as your queen, not a queen, as your queen, then she's probably not the one for you. That's, you know, it's just a little something to think about, not trying to do any guilt trips or anything like that. But I mean, seriously, let's just think about it. As gentlemen, let's hold ourselves to a higher regard. Let's let's get back to the things that, you know, may be looked at as a little old school. Hey, if if the person you're with, if if they don't deserve that from you, don't be with them. But that's that's a whole nother topic for when we do one of our relationship episodes again Um, to get back into the closing of this show. I am CEO Hayes, a.k.a. King CJ, and we've had a lot of kings, a lot of queens on this podcast today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Check each and every one of their podcasts out. I guarantee you'll enjoy them. I enjoy them. 
Um, so yeah, definitely, 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 definitely check that out. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for carrying along this journey as I try to get our podcast a little short. Now I went over two hours a couple of times. I'm, I'm doing my best to not do that. That's possibly why we're doing more than one episode. We do a lot of content. I never want to cut anybody short when they come on for any segment because there's a lot to be said. So I just cut stuff out other places or maybe leave out a segment for a week and let me know what you guys think about it. I am CEO Hayes, as I already said. You can get to me at CEO Hayes on any social media platform I'm at. Uh, email the podcast, uh, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. You can also get to me, CEO Hayes at gmail.com. And, you know, the king that I am. That's the thought I'm going to leave you on this. I am a king and I want to raise up other kings. Peace, love, adios. We'll see you guys next week.
This podcast is brought to you by ESET, the global leaders in cybersecurity. ESET business solutions range from endpoint and mobile security to encryption, two-factor authentication, and advanced threat detection. And they've just introduced their new endpoint security management platform called ESET Protect. The ESET Protect business security bundles take security to a whole new level. For small businesses and MSPs, I recommend ESET Protect Advanced to cover all your security bases. ESET Protect Advanced includes endpoint protection, cloud sandboxing for advanced threat detection and prevention, full disk encryption, file server security, and cloud-based console. Right now, you can save 20% with this limited time offer. So you're not only getting best-in-class cloud-managed protection against advanced attacks, you're enjoying a significant discount. Not yet convinced? Don't worry. You can also get a free trial and an interactive demo at business.eset.com radio. Get 20% off ESET's new business cybersecurity bundle, ESET Protect Advanced, at business.eset.com radio.